Here First is sponsored by UCS Healthcare, proudly delivering healthcare services across Iowa, specializing in mental health, substance use disorder treatment, and medical care with a special focus on LGBTQIA plus healthcare. More at ucsonline.org. Today is Monday. It is the 19th of February. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. The federal government says it's concerned Iowa is not processing food assistance applications fast enough. IPR's Natalie Krebs has more. USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack sent Governor Kim Reynolds and 43 other states a letter urging them to improve the efficiency of their SNAP benefits program. The letter states that Iowa has an application processing timeliness rate of just under 83 percent. That's below the Fed's acceptable performance rate of 95 percent. Luke Elzinga is with the Des Moines Area Religious Council, or DMARC. He says delays in getting SNAP benefits can be detrimental to those who need them. For a lot of people, that's the difference between having funds to feed their families or not. These are people who are waiting for benefits to pay for groceries. A spokesperson for the Iowa Department of Health and Human Services says it continues to, quote, review and make improvements to the process for reviewing SNAP applications. A bill that's cleared an Iowa Senate committee targets protein products marketed as meat but made from insects, plants, or even stem cell cultures. Selling something labeled as animal meat that contains even a small percentage of protein that isn't meat would become illegal in Iowa. The fine for the crime would be $855 and the potential for up to 30 days in jail. Senator Don Driscoll is a Republican from Williamsburg and the bill's sponsor. We are trying to promote meat in the state of Iowa and we are trying to not mislead customers. Democratic Senator Bill Dotzler of Waterloo says the bill pits the livestock industry against farmers who are raising protein-rich soybeans. Farmers in the U.S. are getting older. That's according to new numbers from the National Census of Agriculture. At the same time, the number of farms is decreasing. Harvest Public Media's Kate Grumpke has that story. The U.S. Department of Agriculture conducts a census of farmers every five years. This new one shows an aging farmer population and continued consolidation of farms. U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack says this census should be a wake-up call. It need not be that every five years we report fewer farms and less farmland. It doesn't have to be. The secretary called on policymakers in his department and in Congress to find new ways to support small farms. With less than two weeks to go in meteorological winter, climate experts say our warmer weather appears set to continue into March. State climatologist Justin Glisson says this may turn out to be Iowa's warmest February on record. And except for last week's snowstorm in part of the state, it's also been very dry. Glisson says a strong El Nino effect over the Pacific Ocean is the reason. Warmer ocean waters fire more thunderstorms. Those thunderstorms impact where the jet streams set up over the United States. So the polar jet is further north. Subtropical jet stays flatter towards the south, and that's where we see a lot of precipitation along the Gulf states. And we're stuck in between, so warmer weather and a less active storm track. March 1st also begins a three-month meteorological spring for the Northern Hemisphere. It is the last day to request a presidential preference card from the Iowa Democratic Party. These mail-in cards are replacing the in-person caucuses this year. The party has expected to get about 15,000 cards back from participants. That's roughly the same number of caucus participants the last time there was a Democratic incumbent president. So far, more than 
17,000 cards have been requested. 6,000 have been filled out and returned. Deadline for turning in the cards is March 5th. Same day the results will be announced. Cards can be requested through the Iowa Democratic Party website. An Iowa native will be inducted into the U.S. Astronaut Hall of Fame this year. Des Moines Register reports David Hilmers will join 107 astronauts in the Hall of Fame on June 1st. It's here first. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The Iowa legislature has made it through its first funnel week. That's the first deadline for getting most bills approved by committees to keep them alive for the rest of the legislative session. IPR state government reporter Katarina Sestarek is here to talk about a few key bills that got through, some with a few changes, and some that didn't make it. Hey, Katarina. Good morning, Michael. Last week, you said you'd be watching to see if the governor's proposed special education overhaul would make it through the funnel deadline. So what happened? Proposed special education changes did make it through committees in the House and Senate last week, but lawmakers made a lot of last-minute changes to Reynolds' plan, especially in the House. What kind of changes? Well, unlike Kim Reynolds' bill, the House Republicans' bill would not let school districts opt out of using the AEAs for special education services. It would let schools opt out of using the AEAs for other education and media services. The House GOP bill would also keep all current funding streams, unlike the governor's, which would get rid of some property tax funding for the AEAs. And it would give more state oversight, but the changes wouldn't be nearly as broad as the governor's plan, which would have moved a bunch of AEA staff into the Department of Education with more than 100 new state positions. So it's much smaller than that. This would also create a task force to study the AEAs. And in the Senate, Republicans advanced an amended version of the governor's plan that would let school districts use most but not all of the special education funding to contract with other providers outside of the AEAs if they choose that. So what are stakeholders saying about this? Well, for the House plan, education groups and parents of kids who get special ed services say the House plan is a big improvement on the governor's bill, but they still have some concerns. And those same stakeholders are still very concerned with the Senate's version of the governor's plan. And what about the part of the governor's plan to raise minimum teacher pay? That's also been changed in the House and Senate. So the governor proposed minimum starting teacher pay of $50,000 per year and then $62,000 minimum for a teacher with 12 years of experience. The Senate is proposing about $46,000 a year as starting pay. And the House bill would phase in the 50000 starting salary over two years. The House bill also doesn't set a minimum for experienced teachers, but it would raise the minimum wage for non-salary school staff to $15 an hour. Any other education things to mention? The House has also advanced a bill that would create a special permit for school staff to carry guns in school buildings if their school district allows it. And there are training requirements with that. But it's not clear if insurance companies would be willing to continue covering those schools that have staff carry firearms. But House Republicans seem to think that this bill would take care of that. We also saw the governor's proposal to streamline state boards and commissions discussed in the legislature last week. What happened there? That was similar to the AEA debate, where the Senate took most of what the governor wanted, cutting about 40 percent of state boards and commissions and merging professional licensing boards and more. And the House advanced a very scaled-back version, just eliminating boards they say are obsolete and not messing with professional licensing. So the Senate and governor's version is facing a lot more pushback than the House version. And Republican lawmakers are again pushing for changes in voting laws. That got through committees in the House and Senate last week. What would the bill do? 
This bill would ban absentee ballot drop boxes. It would move up the deadline for returning an absentee ballot while allowing them to be mailed out a couple days earlier than current law, and it would do a lot more. It would also prevent ballot objections like those in other states where Trump has been thrown off the ballot because of participating in the January 6th insurrection. Those kinds of challenges could not be brought in Iowa under this bill. And how would this affect voters? Well, advocates for older Iowans and people with disabilities and also county election officials from both parties say this bill will make things harder and more confusing for people to vote. The bill's sponsor, Representative Bobby Kaufman, says he doesn't think it'll make it harder and that he always wants to work on election integrity. Um, I think it's important to note that he worked for Donald Trump's campaign in Iowa. Librarians have been coming to the Capitol to speak out against bills that would allow city councils to override public library boards. What happened with those? Those library bills did not advance ahead of the funnel deadline, but the ideas behind those bills aren't necessarily dead, so it might be something that comes up again in the future. Okay. What are you watching this week? Well, it'll be the first week of floor debate in the full House and Senate, and there might be some more talk about what they will do with taxes. I'm also looking for a debate about school funding. All right. IPR State Government reporter Katarina Sestark, thanks for coming by. Thanks, Michael. And that's here first. From IPR News, I'm Michael Leland. Have a great day.